Our gospel lesson for today, Reformation Sunday, comes from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. If you look behind me, you can see that things are a little bit different from what they've looked like in our past videos, especially if you look up here at the banner behind me, as well as here on the altar. What you cannot see is directly to my left and to my right, we also have the red on the altar and on the lectern. So we've got our red pyramids, which come out only two times a year. One is the day of Pentecost, and that's clear over in the spring. And then today, the final Sunday of October, as we here in the Lutheran Church celebrate Reformation Sunday, a time when we recognize the anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation more than 500 years ago. The actual anniversary itself is the 31st of October, when Martin Luther, the, 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 the great reformer sparked off the Reformation by nailing his 95 theses on the chapel door at Wittenberg over in Germany. That's what we celebrate. It's part of our Lutheran heritage, and it's one thing that we always focus on. Now, not everyone focuses in on, on the Reformation. There are certain denominations that it's really not that big of a deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. But for us here, it is. And every year for this particular Sunday, for this particular time, we feature the same text, the same gospel lesson, the same other text. They're always the same year after year after year. And I want you to remember that in just a second. I'm going to come back to that. I reference the change in the pyramids that are around me and that are behind me. This year, actually today, as I am recording this, I did something new. I changed the pyramids just because of timing and just because of prep work to begin doing this video and to get ready for it. It worked out better for me to go ahead and do it rather than the individuals who normally come in to do it. Now it's fine. It's not a big deal. I enjoyed doing it. It was actually kind of fun, but it was something new for me. Those of you who might be familiar know the only time I normally ever mess around with the pyramids is during Holy Week as there's an actual part of worship where I am taking the pyramids and such down, taking the articles off the altar, and then on Easter actually bringing them back in again. But this was the first time that I ever actually went through the practice of changing them out to prepare for worship. It was something new. It was kind of cool. It was a different approach than what we normally do, but hey, it was kind of fun. Now, in addition to this change today, this new thing that I did today, I referenced a moment ago, I mentioned that we have the same scripture lessons year after year after year for Reformation Sunday. And 
Some of you might be familiar, I know I've talked about this before, that oftentimes in my, my preparation for a message, my preparation for a sermon, I will go back to a previous time when I've preached on that particular passage to see what, st what stood out that time. What did I preach on? What message was there? What was fitting within the community at that time that seemed applicable to whatever it is? And this time I had to go back just one year because of course, every year we have this same passage. Now, if you recall from a year ago, if you're a part of our local community, at that time, I was still manuscripting my sermons. I would write them out and I would, I would stay in the pulpit and I would basically read and present my sermon as opposed to now preaching without notes and preaching without, a, without it written out in front of me. At that time, I thought I was still doing that. And so in order to begin to prep for today, I was doing that look back and see what we said last time thing. And I couldn't find a written manuscript for it. And I thought, well, that's kind of strange. I don't recall missing a Sunday in October last year. I don't usually, I'm not usually gone, but maybe something was going on. And so I didn't really think too much of it. But then I went through some of my other records and I found the audio file of Reformation Sunday last year. Uh, 365 days ago, 52 weeks, one year ago, Reformation Sunday, 2019. And in that instance, I did something different as well. For the first time, I did not prepare the message, or I didn't prepare the sermon. I didn't write it out. That's why I didn't have a written one. And I stepped out of this pulpit that's directly to my left and stood before the congregation and preached just as I am now, off the cuff, without notes. Now, I talked in that sermon about being scared of it. It was something different. It was a new approach. It wasn't the same old approach that I'd always done, the same way I'd always did it. It was something different. And you could tell that things were a little bit different, even in the response of the, 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 the people that were sitting out in the pews on the other side of the camera from me, from the way they were responding to it. It was something different. Now from there, since I was, I was kind of going through some of my old records, I jumped ahead a little bit, just sort of on a whim. And as I was looking at dates, I happened to notice March 15th, 2020. Those of you who think about it and are, are local may remember that that was the last time that we met for worship here in the sanctuary prior to moving into an online format because of the prevalence of COVID. And as I listened to that sermon, and I was talking about different things, you, you could tell even in, in what I was saying and you could tell in the responses of the people who were here that you could hear in the background, things were different. We knew that things were changing. There were already some folks who were staying home out of concern. We knew that in the upcoming days, things were likely gonna be different and you could just hear it within that. You could hear that, that the way we've always done it kind of all of a sudden doesn't seem like it's applicable. Like it's not quite the way we did it. And even that day when we had communion, we took some precautions uh, out of safety concerns. So we were doing things different that day too. I was kind of getting on a trend, so I continued. I went ahead a week to the 22nd of March, which as you may recall, was the first time that we had worship entirely online and we didn't have an in-person worship. In those moments, I was trying to figure out how to do this. We tweaked the order of worship a little bit from our normal flow into something that would, would, would work a little bit better for, for the online format. 
Instead of being here where I've gotten used to being and where you've perhaps gotten used to seeing me, I was out in the narthex, the lobby area, sitting down at the piano, which is sitting out there now, and had kind of this oddball little setup as I sat there and, and led worship from that perspective. It was something different. It was something new. It wasn't the established pattern. It was something new. We continued in that format for the next couple of months, all the way through May. And then as things began to warm up and we still weren't in a position of being able to come back inside yet, we, we started thinking about how else can we do things. And so then we introduced in-person worship outside on our lawn, something that I've talked about here in, in, in our videos as well. And, and we had to think up new precautions and, and again, a new order of worship that wasn't the, the established normal way of doing it. We had to think about what precautions do we have to take? And then in hindsight, we thought, well, okay, now we need to tweak that just a little bit and do things just a little bit differently. Instead of being the novelty of occasional outdoor worships, which we have done in the past, it was now our approach. We were going to do it every week as long as the weather cooperated. And we did all the way through, uh, through the summer and even through September and even through the first couple of weeks of October, we continued having outdoor worship. That became kind of our new norm, but it was different. Then as we were moving towards fall, we were beginning to ask the question, is it possible to come back inside in some way, shape, or form? And what precautions do we have to take? What procedures do we have to do differently in order to make that possible? We wrestled with the question of resuming in-person education, and those of you who are local might remember that we thought we were going to be able to do it, and then all of a sudden, in reaction to to uh, our local case counts and the local prevalence of COVID, we, we had to... to, to Take that idea and, and, and shift that almost at the last minute. Now, as weather is, is switching us up and now the outdoor is not happening, we're not able to do that anymore because of the movement from, from pleasant weather into inclement weather. We continue changing over and over and over again. We continue having to shift the old way of thinking and the old way, the old established way of doing it into something different. My guess is as time continues and as, as the pandemic continues and as just as life continues, we'll continue to see some of these shifts, some of these changes as our, as our, our situation continues to evolve. Now, folks, I've been talking about the last year quite a bit and all these changes that are going on, this idea of shifting from what we know, shifting to what we've all accepted as right into something different. And that's where I'm connecting into our scripture for today, to this, this short little passage out of John's gospel. Now, I want to give you some background as to what's going on. The setting of this is similar to the various scripture passages that we've been having out of Matthew's gospel in recent weeks. Jesus is once again in Jerusalem. This one actually takes place in the course of about midway through his ministry. It's not at the end, which is what we've been seeing before. But he's there for a different Jewish festival. He's not there for the Passover. Now he's there for something called the Festival of Booths. Now, the Festival of Booths, or also known as the Festival of the Tabernacles, it's a time when all of these Jewish people gathered around the city, and for about a week, they are in these little bitty tents, or these little bitty tabernacles, they're called. And they're doing this out of remembrance for their culture, for their people who spent the 40 years wandering in the desert after leaving, Israel, or after leaving Egypt. And if we think about it, that's going all the way back to the book of Exodus. So a long period of history, this long-standing tradition, this festival that goes on. So that's why Jesus and all these people are in Jerusalem. 
And now Jesus is kind of doing the same thing that we've seen him do before. He's teaching, he's, he's, he's pushing back against, uh, against the semblance of authority. All of this is very similar to what we've been hearing lately, but things are ever so slightly differently and, and he, he still gets a little bit of pushback that's still kind of going on. But as he's teaching, many of the people who are there, many of the fellow Jewish people begin to believe in him. They believe in his teachings. They believe, and maybe the Holy Spirit is empowering them. I don't exactly know what's going on, but somehow they begin to believe in him. And that's what we hear right before Jesus starts this passage. Many of those who heard him believed in him. And now Jesus says to those who have believed in him, who have put their faith in him, who have come to believe that he is he is God made man. He is God incarnate, the word made flesh. Those who believed him, he says, now abide in my word, continue in my word, live in my word. They all kind of mean the same thing. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That statement right there is what trips them up. And this is where I start to think that, that the people that Jesus was encountering and not only him, but it kind of seems like this whole culture and, and probably not even just that Jewish culture, but really all of humanity has really short memories. When Jesus says this, the truth will set you free, they're like, wait a second, what are you talking about? We are descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean the truth will set us free? Remember what they are there in Jerusalem to celebrate. They are there remembering the history of their culture who spent 40 years wandering in the desert after having spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt. Yes, they are descendants of Abraham. Yes, they are members of this culture, but that culture and, this, and simply their connection to this ancestor does not indicate automatically that they are free. The Egyptians enslaved them, literally, but then the people who were out there in the, in the wilderness, they had real short memories. And they're like, hey, remember how great it was back then? Maybe we should go back there. They also seem to be forgetting their later history in which they were conquered by the Assyrian Empire. They were also forgetting about being conquered by the Babylonian Empire and then the Persian Empire. And then when the Greeks all came through and then finally, ultimately, where they are at now, where they have been conquered and they are controlled by the Roman Empire. Now, in this moment, are they slaves? No, not really, but they're also not free. They're not self-governing. They are controlled by another entity. And so for them to say, we have never been slaves to anyone, it means that they are really, really, really blind to the truth of what's in front of them. But more importantly, perhaps more fittingly, is that they are looking backwards and they're saying this is how we understand things to be. Abraham is our ancestor going way back. Abraham was the recipient of the promise, the covenant with God and we are recipients of that and that simple connection as long as we remain connected to that means we're good to go. They can't understand that Jesus is inviting them into something new, that whatever it is that God is accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that it is accomplishing and inviting them into something new, this new freedom. I think we share this same tendency, this same need, this same human broken tendency to look backwards at what has been established 
whether it's traditions or whether it's understandings or whether it's connections to our history, whatever we want to call it, but we hold on to that and think that's the way it has to be. And if we do anything different, if we approach things differently, if we think about things differently, it, 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 just, it just doesn't work. Whether it's from fear or whether it's from comfort or whether it's from the unknown being out there and, and, and resistance to change, whatever, I think all of that is the same tendency that Jesus was facing. This, this thought that because of the past, what you're saying now doesn't make sense. As we think about the last year, as I was saying at the beginning of this message, we've seen change after change after change just here within our congregation, within our community of faith. Changes to the way that we've, we've been community together. Changes that we are, are connecting with, with the world that we're a part of. Changes to all of this. And I think, as I said, we're going to continue to see that. We don't know what's coming down the path towards us. But whatever it is, I think we continue very slowly stepping forward. We know no more now than we did back in March. We certainly know more now than we did a year ago in October when COVID wasn't even on our radar yet. Things continue moving forward. And you know what? It's not just the world or Iowa or Underwood Lutheran in the midst of COVID. This is the way that reality keeps going. And if we look all the way back to the beginning, from the very first day when, when the, the Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos of the waters and God said, let there be light, from that point forward, God has continued to invite us forward from order towards chaos. And it goes on and on and on throughout the history of the scriptures and then into whatever it was that God was accomplishing through the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus in which somehow Jesus and God draws all people to himself as he makes all things new and he invites us into something new. And I think it's also continued on through the ages of the church and I think it's still going to continue on into the ages of the future that we have not encountered yet. This path forward, always forward, is the invitation that we receive in the gospel. And I think that that is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about freedom. Now, freedom from what? Well, freedom from the need to look backwards and define ourselves by this is the way it's always been done. Freedom from the expectation that there is some hoop I have to jump through in order to be deemed righteous, that I need to be good enough in order to be claimed by God as good enough. The freedom from all of that, and folks, that is the gospel. The gospel that recognizes that this world is good, but is not as it could be. This also the recognition that I, too, am broken that God calls me good, but I'm also broken. It's that simultaneous saint and sinner thing that we've talked about before, that we are both broken and yet we are claimed by God. And that's what Jesus was somehow accomplishing, making real this claim upon God, of God upon all of humanity and freeing us from the expectation that this back here is the only way it has to be and we are invited into something new. I think as the entire existence, our entire reality, and again, not just here, but all of it, including the cosmos, continues to be drawn forward by that divine spark that I believe is God, that I believe is divine in origin as it continues to move forward. That is what we are invited into, that freedom to move forward, to look forward, even if it's unknown, and to not continue to look backwards in the rearview mirror of the way it's always been. 
This has been the pathway that's gone on throughout the course of our history, and I believe it will continue. And at some point, when all of this stuff is in the rearview mirror, and honestly, probably far enough down the road that even we are in the rearview mirror because our time on earth has come to a close, I believe that the church as it is, the church as it will be in that moment, will look backwards at whatever it is that we are establishing in it right now, whatever steps that we are taking right now, and think, you know, that was okay for a while, but now I think God is calling us into something new. It is my hope and my prayer that we can all hold on to that. The freedom that we find in knowing that God loves us and claims us simply because we are fellow members of humanity, and God calls humanity very good. Out of God's love and, and delight in humanity, God has overcome that which we cannot. God has overcome that brokenness and invited us into the continued motion forward. May we hold on to that as the world and as the church and as all of this continues to be reformed from something old, from some old understanding into whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is calling us into. Amen.